any good stories from the road. Or pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Welcome into the Georgia show. Bless you, Jake Rowe. Uh, it's it's still the Georgia show. It's not the Philadelphia show or the Pennsylvania show after this weekend's NFL draft results. Uh, Palmer Toms, Jake Rowe, and we'll have a special guest here in a moment that is an expert on the Eagles after uh, Philadelphia is tapping into its farm system in Athens, Georgia. Guys, uh, let's just start with the NFL draft. Once again, 10 dogs draft picks, double digits, coming after uh, back-to-back national championships, 25 draft picks in two seasons. You know, when you have those kind of numbers, you better win back-to-back natties. Tell you what, if you've ever looked at a caterpillar and wonder, man, how can this thing turn into a butterfly? Think about a bulldog and going into a cocoon and coming out an eagle. Um, that's the way I look at it. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, this is crazy how – I mean – all right, well, the first the first night was something. You know, like, all right, you get freaks. You get Jalen Carter, you get Nolan Smith. Um, second night goes on, Keely Ringo doesn't get picked. Um, there were more character issues, uh, surprisingly. Um, don't know how that comes up, but it does, and it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, medical concerns, there were Ringo, whatever. Then the Eagles get him, too, and then they trade for DeAndre Swift, and it just starts to get really weird. Um, you know, the Howie Roseman doesn't really care about where he came from and all these Florida uh, alumni meetings. He's just worried about the Eagles. And no, he's trying to get as many Georgia players as he can, yeah. even guys that were drafted years ago. It, it, it felt like a bit there for a, for a little while. It, it kind of felt like it was a joke. And, um, you know, the, the, the landing spot with, with Swift being uh, headed back to Philly where he's from uh, just was, you know, the cherry on top there. So, I mean, it, it's one hell of a strategy, uh, you know, and did a lot of listening to Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni this weekend. Uh, watched, you know, two of their three days of press conferences with Georgia players going on on Thursday and, and Saturday. And, uh, you know, they've embraced it up there. Uh, that's for sure. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, just listening to Howie and listening to those uh, reporters, you know, they're aware, hey, look at that offense. It's a lot of Alabama players. I think they've got four. Um, you know, look at this defense. They've now got five Georgia guys there. Um, and and they have just simplified the draft strategy. Take the best player f- from the best units on the best teams in college football. I kind of wondered out loud today on uh, Twitter. What's up, Jake Roos? What's how, up? How, how many years away are we from teams leaning on AI in their drafting? Just going full auto draft. Maybe it's later and later rounds, but you're just as a GM, your job is to be the custodian of IBM and say, all right, we're checking these boxes. This is what we need. You go ahead and make the pick. And someone responded to me today and said, I think the Eagles are already doing that. They're just picking the highest rated Georgia player available. We're going to bring in a guy that uh, knows a thing or two about the dogs and the Eagles. John Kincaid, uh, formerly of 680, the fan. He's back home now. John, tell the people where they can find you on their digital dials, because I know not all of our listeners are up there where you are these days, but how can they find you, man? He said he can't hear us. 
Oh boy, we got. Great. <laughs> All right. Oh, you can't hear us. Yeah, I, I, bet, I bet John's pretty familiar with Gremlins in the radio world. <laughs> he can hear us in the uh, in the pregame in the pregame chat. Um. All right. I'll... <laughs> all right. Yeah, Wes, why don't you step out? Why don't you step out and? Uh... Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Yeah, we okay. can hear you. Got you, bud. Why, why don't you step out and work with John, and we'll 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 be here. All right. Sounds good. All right. I very legitimately uh, screamed, um, or not screamed, but I, I audibly said, Jesus Christ, when uh, when Philly traded for DeAndre Swift. I could not believe that that happened. Um, and like you said, Palmer, at that point, it really did feel like a bit. Well, like, and, was- and, and I texted Roe. I was like, hey, uh, Swift just got traded. And he was like, to who? I said, you'll never believe it, the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, like, you hear us now, John. I can hear you now. Yeah, there we go. Now we got a show. That was so <laughs> weird. We had we had like full cut. We were talking for like 15 minutes almost. Not quite that long. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a monsoon here though in suburban Philadelphia right now. So we are building an arc outside. You guys have taken me away from the <laughs> duties right now. Uh, 97.5, the fanatics, John Kincaid, formerly of. Uh, 680 the fan here in Georgia you know a lot about the dogs but you've just seen your team the defending NFC champs once again making a run at all these uh, dogs are you their draft informant John I think that what I was is Wes and say hello to the guys too good to be with you guys Uh, I was the sleeper cell and I can say it now because it's been exposed is first of all I weaseled my way into doing a show with Buck Baloo for 20 years so that way I would have A-list access in the Butts Mare building, doing shows from the coach's uh, office and things like that. I assembled as much information as I could. I copied secret files. I checked the recruiting boards. And I just laid in wait until uh, I got stabbed in the back in 2020 and was able to come home to Philadelphia. And I just decided at that point I would declare war on the Falcons in the city of Atlanta, all to the yeah. benefit of the city of Philadelphia. All right. So good. Uh, I'm glad you're on here, man. Um, We saw uh, kind of a similar thing with the Falcons. I know a lot of Alabama fans, even while you were living in Atlanta, uh, saw the Falcons take a lot of their a lot of their players. And and they were calling Mercedes-Benz Stadium Tuscaloosa East. Unfortunately, they never got the payoff there. I'm thinking that a lot of these dogs fans that haven't had a lot to root for when it comes to the Falcons and uh, what the last 50 years i guess yeah pretty uh, much before you were born yes yeah, yeah. Uh, sums it up and, and since i was born exactly. they're seeing the eagles take all these dogs and i'm seeing left and right people saying uh i want to be an eagles fan and it's not just anybody man these are some deep south south georgia dogs fans that are saying screw the falcons man i'm ready to be an eagle well i think what the idea is is that everybody loves a winner as everybody in Athens knows right now. And there were so many years where the dogs were knocking on the door and had their opportunity to have great success. And then it came to, it finally came together for Kirby Smart in the last couple of years. And I'm so happy for the Georgia fans. And I root for them. They are the, the program I root for other than my Temple Owls, who I don't think are ever going to meet them in a title game. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know so, this expanded playoff. Man. So I think what you can look at is, is you can look and say that there is an organization that knows how to do things right. And honestly, 
the Eagles ever since Andy Reid came on board in 1999, and now we're going on 25 seasons, have been one of the gold standard franchises. I believe they're second or third in wins, uh, numerous Super Bowl berths, a championship, division championships, and more. They know where to shop for good players, and I believe they spend more time in Athens than any other NFL team. And the fact that the Falcons don't do that when they're located, what, 35, 40 miles away is an absolute joke. It's kind of crazy. And I just, I always wonder if that whole narrative is overblown uh, because surely they're not just deliberately not picking Georgia players. It's just the strategy is so questionable when, the guy on the screen right now, if you're listening to this podcast on a, on a replay, it's, it's Jalen Carter. How often, how many more times and how many more draft classes can the Falcons overthink things or, or think their way out of things? Well, they go and they look. Uh, Howie Roseman has a NFC championship club with, with uh, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, uh, now DeAndre Swift. And he has a running back room that I think is counting against the cap this year, like $2.7 or $2.8 million. Uh, the Falcons say, you know what? We need a running back. That's what we're going to do in the top 10, even though that's a strategy that has never paid off. If the Eagles had taken B. John Robinson, I would have understood it. For the Falcons, I don't understand it. And I really believe it's that good organizations do things the right way. They build along the lines of scrimmage. And everybody in Philadelphia here knows They'll find their quality, you know, toys when they need to. But the lines of scrimmage, especially offensive line, defensive pass rushers especially, are always going to be the priority. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you, because this thought crossed my mind as well. I don't think it's a bad strategy to jump on uh, with a team that has a rapidly expanding fan base that already had a huge fan base. You're going to convert a lot of people who are going to be Eagles fans who maybe didn't care necessarily about NFL football before or want to abandon the Falcons. Well, Jake, I think we're going to try to do is a, we're going to actually try to collaborate with the folks at Atlanta sports trips. And I work with the folks here at Philly sports trips on actually trying to come up with a trip for some people who are dogs fans during a bye week to come and see <laughs> the Philadelphia dogs, you know, up, up here and everything. But I got to ask you, I got to ask your panel a question here though. If you guys really want on board, there are a few questions that need to be asked. Okay. Well, okay. And answer, raise your hand to answer. What is the only true extra you would ever put on a Philly cheesesteak? <laughs> yes. Jay. Go for it, Roos. Uh Wiz. No, well, no, Wiz would be one of the Oh, it just comes with it. That just comes with it. Well, I would say on- so onions then? Yes. Fried okay. onions is the only. Correct. What about see okay. any of the fugazi, as we call it up here, any of these cheesesteaks that you get at like a chain restaurant? I want it wit. I want it wit and onions. Yeah. That's a great one. You go now, you know, uh, a cheesesteak wit. You don't yeah. have to say onions, though. No, I've got to learn Cheesesteak wit. That's all. all right. The wit is the onions. All right. All right. How does an Eagles fan greet another fan? they see wearing Eagles green or gear anywhere in the country. If they see them, how do they greet them? Wes? Uh, they punch them in the jaw and then <laughs> give them a hug. No, no, no. It's, it's, they say go birds. Okay. So go birds is the roll tide Yeah. is the war Eagle. But in Philadelphia, go birds. My wife has just been a, you know, I, I had to drag her up here. She loves it up here. 
but uh, she couldn't get into the Go Birds thing. And then like the 70 year old woman checking her out at Walmart saying Go Birds, you know, you got to get used to it. It's a vernacular. And the last one, <laughs> who gives out the biggest hits in Philadelphia sports history? Uh, yep. Brian Dawkins. Yes, Brian Dawkins, or or I would have expect, or I also would have accepted Spencer Strider. As I would have also accepted that one. We really like Spencer here. All right, that's look, good. we're like we're drawing. This, there's a line of demarcation on the Eagles. Okay, we're not going Phillies. You guys are you guys are all right though. I'd say you pass. You pass. I welcome you all on board. You are all on board the bandwagon. It's a great organization, and uh, I think. We're going to take great care of the dogs, and we're excited about the we're excited about all the talent that's come in from that. I, 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 want, I, I want to ask though, John. I, I've heard uh, to to speak nothing of the sports. I've heard that uh, really the uh, the roast pork sandwich with the broccoli rob is actually the the the, the sleeper sandwich. In oh, it is a fa it's fantastic. I mean, it is a fantastic thing. You can go to Nick's for that, or you can go to John. <laughs> There's so many places you can get a great sandwich like that. That is a sleeper. But uh, the, one, the one thing I tell you is, is that I believe the Eagles took – the one thing about jumping on board for all the Dogs fans is the Eagles were great last year, and they now have all these young dog players who are going to replace and ascend to some of the positions of the veteran players who will leave. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, ending out their Eagles tenure probably this year, one year left on their deals. That's where you're going to see some of these Georgia players – ascend to the throne the eagles just reload they just reload they have a simple formula and it seems to work and we love jalen hurts too we like alabama a lot alabama we really like a lot but we are absolutely dating the dogs and, bear, and, 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 and i'll say this too one of the things that i think the eagles did probably one of the best moves they made is you know, Georgia fans are down on Keely Ringo and the senior in the, this past season and how he's kind of up and down. That's fine, whatever. But you don't see a guy with traits, 6'2", 200 pounds, 4'3", speed, drafted that late. The, the guy with traits usually goes early over the guy that's maybe a better football player, but you're worried about whether he can hang athletically. Georgia got a good – I mean, uh, Philly got a good football player but a great trait guy and a ton of upside, whether he plays corner, whether he plays safety. I think that of all the picks, I mean, obviously Jalen Carter is slipping to you at nine when he may be the best player in the draft. That's one thing, but I think. And they Ro, got as you pointed out, he gets that safety net down. of all the Georgia players around him. So if there's any yeah. character concerns, I mean, you, you got all oh. those Georgia players, all that familiarity to get him back on track. You know, Wes, though, that seems to me, and Jake, to your point, that seems to be the talking point is some of these guys, oh, there's a character issue otherwise. Believe me, though all the Georgia guys will be able to hang together and they will be part of a core of the future, they're not running that locker room right now. I assure you, those players all answer to Brandon Graham. They all answer to Fletcher Cox. They all answer to the veterans in that room like Jason Kelsey. There's going to be no shenanigans in that locker room. This isn't a organization that is going to uh, – uh, put up with any kind of bull off the off the field. That's why you never hear about that stuff going on. I'll tell you this though. I think as Matt is putting up on the screen there, uh, I do believe that you're going to see Ringo move to safety. Yeah. I think that is a it is the biggest weakness on the Eagles depth chart, and I believe he will be a safety here in Philadelphia. I, I think it's I think it's embarrassing that uh, a, a franchise can move from 
Brandon Graham and, like you said, Fletcher Cox to a guy like Jalen Carter. To be able to turn to that is absolutely ridiculous, man. It I mean, is. It's because they value it. No, it's, they, it's because it's where they put their value. Yep. They know football games are won on the line of scrimmage. Ask Kirby Smart. Why do you think Kirby Smart and Howie Roseman have developed this bond in the organizations? Why there's so much symmetry? Because they think alike. They know how to build football teams alike. And for some reason, the orange and the, the I mean, say the red and black in Atlanta doesn't get it. I, I, I don't understand it. I, yeah. And I'll never understand it. And I never understood it in my 20 plus years in Atlanta. They don't make luxury picks. They, they make, they make building picks is yep. basically what it comes down to. Yeah. They, they find it. They, they, they look at the depth chart three years out and yep. how he always speaks to it. It's three years out. It's two years out. It's forward thinking. Uh, I got into a little debate with Nick Cellini from 6A the fan who I used to work with today on, on Twitter about the fact is he was like, well, Jordan Davis didn't really make an impact last year, and either did uh, N'Kobe Dean. Look, when you're on the Eagles and you got the best, arguably the best depth chart in the NFL, rookies don't have to come in and do big things. And by the way, before Jordan Davis got injured in, in October, he, the Eagles' run defense was two and a half yards less a carry when he was in there. So he was making a big impact before the injury. Then they went and got Indomitian Sue. Then they went and got Linville Joseph. And they promised both of those veterans when they had to cover for him being out a month, they had to pr promise these guys that they were going to play throughout the course of the year. So Jordan was just learning and plugging in where he could. The Eagles are very confident in him. And they let the two veteran linebackers go that were ahead of Kobe Dean on the depth chart. So they are obviously very, very confident in what they think they have in Nicobe Dean. Yeah, I know Sirianni loves Nicobe Dean. You learned that last uh, last draft yes. classes too, uh, or last uh, NFL draft. Kincaid, we'll let Rock, you go, paper, man. Scissors. Was that Rock paper scissors? I believe they were playing. Yeah, so it was good. Uh, we'll let you run. You got that four a.m. wake up call, and you have actually other sports to talk about, like uh, an NBA playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I guess you got a baseball team. We do. Uh, but <laughs> we do. We'll see you, see you in October. See you in October. Yeah. Like no doubt guys. about it. You must be so proud of the dogs. Keep bringing the good content. I check it out when I can. Good job, man. We'll talk to you later. Thank, Thank you, you so John. much. Stay alone, everybody. Bye-bye. Um, that was uh, that was John Kincaid. He is up now in Philadelphia, 97.5. If you want to hear what they have to say tomorrow, about the dogs, 97.5 The Fanatic uh, from 6 to 10 a.m. I know a lot of y'all listened to him when he was on 680 The Fan for years and years and years, um, and now he's I mean, back I home. John but... Kincaid. I miss John Kincaid, man. Yeah, man, yeah. That, that show, he and Buck Dude, had the way, a... the way he used to push Buck's buttons. Yes. I mean, <laughs> the way he used to could get Buck going. Like, I wanted just to kind of lean in the microphone there for a second. I said, hey, I think Cosby's going to trial. <laughs> um, from that audio fun bag dude that the way he just uh, i mean him and buck had such a rapport and and john had such a way of being like uh of being like i want to i want to strangle this man but i do i still love him a little bit you know probably like probably like you know uh mark after dark you know, probably like me and palmer are really like I, how I feel about palmer, um it's probably the same way um, you and Palmer but, uh, are like Homer Simpson and Bart Simpson, where you're just like <laughs> strangling him, just holding him up, and his eyes are bugging out of his head. Hey, it, it goes two ways there. Sometimes <laughs> I'm ready to strangle Jake out too.
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's more like Homer Simpson and uh, Bart Simpson, or if it's like uh, uh, Sandberg and his stepdad and Hot Rod. It it, it could go Dude, one of two ways. Let, no, let me I'm, tell you. No. Let me tell you the perfect illustration of mine and Palmer's relationship. Okay, we get back from Top Golf before the national championship game. Uh, we had like a little foray into into playing some Top Golf there for the media party. We get back. Palmer's sitting there. Palmer's like, "Oh, my back." I said, "Dude, mine too." Just got silent for a little bit, and I said, "You know why? You know why our backs hurt, right?" And Palmer said, "I know why my back hurts." And I said, "Yeah, we're too damn fat." <laughs> no, hey, listen, Palmer. I, I, listen, good luck. Good luck uh, wrapping your hands around Jay Crow's neck wherever it is. <laughs> a neck? What is that? What's a neck? People have necks. You got that Chuma Doga neck, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. If I had any sort of neck, I might be six feet tall. Uh, well, Jalen Carter doesn't have much of a neck, but he is a top 10 NFL draft pick. I wanted to get Kincaid's thoughts on how these Georgia fans are going to assimilate with this culture shock in Philly, but I figured I'd, I'd leave it to, uh, to this crew and actually let him share his Philadelphia Eagles knowledge for all the Georgia fans that are transitioning into being Eagles fans. I'm just, uh, I I'm really interested to see how long this bandwagon bulldog movement to trade in all this Falcons gear that's let you down for so long uh, in for this Philadelphia Eagles stuff. And I, I, I listen, I, to me, it is very bandwagony. I, I will say that. Um, I don't know that anybody's going to adopt Philly over the long term. Listen, there's a lot of probably Braves fans out there who have said that the Eagles are their team now, and they're going to turn on Philly at some point. Um, and it's a popular pick. I get it, man. I, it is. It makes sense. They're the Super Bowl champions. They're selecting dogs. The dogs are winning a national championship. It's it's all happening, right? And I'm odds guy, are you, I'm still odds are you I'm, look at it. Look at the six dogs that they've added in the last two years, right? Yeah. They're going to cut somebody. They're going to cut probably two of them, maybe three of them sure. at some point. Sure. And, you know, it's just a business. The NFL is how it goes down. Yeah. I'll go ahead and get to this. Breaking tea. Drop something hotter than a Philly cheesesteak today. It is this Philadelphia Dogs T-shirt, and uh, it's thirty-two bucks. The link is in our show description, like it always is. But look at this: you got a green, you got a gray. Make your pick. What do you want to do? T-shirt. I, like, I like the gray T-shirt. I love the, I, I love the green hoodie. The green hoodie. I mean. That's pretty strong right there. Um, uh, Ro, did, if I'm not mistaken, you had a hand in designing some of this? I did. Um, I, um, I hit my guys up over there, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I, I showed them kind of that Heather Gray, um, uh, you know, Philly shirt that, you know, kind of goes around where, you know, it's kind of – it almost – it's on the verge of washing out and clashing, but it doesn't quite do it. And it just, I mean, it just, it looks great. And I love it. I mean, I think that's, you know, there, I, I pulled out a couple that, you know, showed, uh, showed him my man, Sam Franco over there. Obviously we all know him. He's all a good, he's a good friend. I showed him, I was like, man, what do you think about this for that shirt? Um, you know, I think, you know, Georgia fans might find it a little bit easier to wear that gray in terms of like, you know, to a game or to, to whatever, um, than, than the green. He's like, yeah, that's a good point. And so he kind of pulled it out and showed it, and you know, it worked out great, man. We're we're excited about it. Hopefully, we're going to get us uh, get the staff here at Dogs HQ um, some of those, and uh, that now since we're 
Yeah, okay. it's about time they send us something. I've been coming up with these well stupid segues for the past year and a half now. I was more important to the fact that we need five shirts now instead of four. Oh. Yeah, well, I was going to save that for our, our Sunday dog stocks. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to go for it right now, Jake. No, no, we can, uh, we can, chomping we at can the bit. on the – we can hit E Trade in a little bit. You has know, anybody can... has anybody other than me chosen the green one yet? I chose yes, the green. both Palmer and oh, West oh, chose. Palmer. I, I wanted the oh, green. I, I was going to say I was. We got two two Heather Gray supporters right here. I wear a lot of show, green. So. I, I'm a green green guy. I, I, I really enjoy wearing green. So if you're Palmer, gonna, Palmer if, you chose green too, right? Yeah, I chose the green. If you're going to chose if, green, if it's going to be an Eagles shirt, it's got to be the green. Yeah, that that just, old school green. Yeah, I can't wait. The Eagles actually uh, announced that they're going to bring back their throwbacks, which is that. Oh, I love those bright man. green. So that I old Randall Cunningham, oh. the old yeah, Randall with the, Cunningham, with the, the, wing, the wing helmets, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's oh, a yeah. good look, dude. Back in the Reggie White days, somebody said, somebody said, and, I, and I'm I, very quickly here that has any team really upgraded with any of these recent. Uh, uh, raw or a, a, a uniform upgrades. I don't think so. I mean, the Falcons classic uniforms are better. The Seahawks classic uniforms are better. Phillies classic uniforms are better, man. The Oilers uniforms are better than the Titans. I will yeah. say this. I will say this. I love the Rams uniforms. I love the like the new thing that they've done with them. I wasn't a big fan of the old Ram down the you know the the split ramp oh, the type deal. I love to an extent they went back to yeah, what but they a got the horn. Yeah, they got they the horn did. back, right? They did yeah, they did kind of jump back a little bit, but I love that new ram on the side of the helmet with the R in the middle of it. I love that. They did kind of kind of tweak it a little bit back to the throwback, but not completely. And I was never a big fan of like the old school split what, ram what or the new school the split new ram. ram with the R in the middle of it. The new helmet, right? And there's like a new it's it's just the Rams helmet. Says a bit it's a Ram. Oh, I'm sorry, the LA one. The one with <laughs> LA in it, not R. <laughs> yeah, the one with the LA in it. Not yeah, the Rams the Rams. They, they don't wear that on their helmets. No, I don't think they do. The logo, whatever, man. <laughs> the Rams new uniforms are uh I are love pretty those. sick. They're awesome. They're a new uniform for Stetson and Warren McClendon. I think they actually released those a couple of years before they drafted either one of those guys, Palmer. No, but I'm saying they're a new <laughs> uniform for them. I heard Stetson had some input. <laughs> Let's get to the guys that aren't Eagles, I guess. I mean, do, I know the Eagles dog picks is is really the buzz of this draft, uh, but I've seen a couple uh, like draft analysts say across the board that the Steelers actually had a better draft than anybody in the draft, and they took – Two Georgia players. Man, the Steelers got two Georgia players who I think embody the what Georgia did to win two national titles. And, you know, in in Broderick Jones, patience, you know, kind of a guy who who waited a couple years for his shot to become a starter, and he didn't have to get ready because he stayed ready, and he jumped in, and he started – he jumped in four games last year. He started 15 games this year and was so impressive in 19 games that the Steelers kind of had their eye on him the entire time, and they wanted him. And then, obviously, Darnell Washington, again, patience, team player, waited two years before he really got to be a big part of the offense and a big part of the passing game, perseverance, you know, fought through the, the injuries. 
And uh, on top of all of that, both of them are just incredibly physical football players. I still think when you look at, you know, the first five picks going to the state of Pennsylvania, I mean, the, key, the Keystone State just bringing dogs to it in general. They're not too close together, so don't think you're going to make your little road trip up there and go see both games in <laughs> yeah, one day. Yeah, this is the bourbon trail. I don't know yeah. if, if they – I mean, how close are they? Tobacco road, baby. How, how close are they? Because if they did a uh, – if you ever had the chance to do a, a Sunday-Monday, you could definitely do that and maybe an early slot uh, Sunday night. Well, I assume you could probably get there between. I'm going to assume know, if you're in Pittsburgh or or Philadelphia, you're not going to be able to get to somewhere by Sunday night uh, if you go to the early game because you're probably going to drink too much. Those yeah. are not well. I, but I but I will say I do feel confident that if you see a noon or a 4 p.m. game on on Sunday, that that you will be able to get somewhere by Monday night. Sure. I, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I, I definitely think you can do that. I'm saying you think that you could do. You can make a Raiders game, probably. All right, this is our new segment: Palmer's uh, travel plans. Um, also, too, Jake, <laughs> Palmer Tom's geography teacher. Jake, I will say too. Uh, I think uh, Broderick Jones to Pittsburgh to me, Lithonia, Georgia to Pittsburgh. I think that's a, a good city mashup too. Yeah. Listen, Lithonia is, <laughs> <Sister not, cities. laughs> is not the sexiest high school in the state of Georgia, man. Lithonia is not – no one's ever said anything sexy about Lithonia. If you are <laughs> – He got like, it out of the mud. That's I said that on the board the other day. Like, I, I went over there, practice field's a little bit rough, man, but they get it done. Those Bulldogs are impressive over at Lithonia. And um, I, I'm glad to see it. I think that's a really nice marriage for both. both yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet that Wes had a nicer practice field at Collins Hill. <laughs> and, uh, and also, that county, for at, God's sakes. At Atkinson County, we practiced on our game field every time, every day. So we had to move around and practice so we didn't chew it up. Uh, Lithonia, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, shares a field, right? They've got to be a rotational. They've oh, got yeah, to be, yeah. They those, don't have those, it on. They don't have it on campus stadium. Yeah, those DeKalb County schools, yeah, you know, shifted around. Randall Godfrey and all that. Yeah. No, we were the only Gwinnett County school, Collins Hill, that did not come with a field house or have the earmark to have a field house built. So we had to raise funds to actually get a field house. So, hey, Wes, didn't y'all's uniforms look like the Philadelphia Eagles? A little yeah. Bit? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought. I, okay. That just hit, popped into my head for some reason. Now we need to ask Palmer. Hey, Palmer, which which of the three turf fields? <laughs> which of the three? Um. Um. Which of the three grass fields were your favorite at Montgomery? Uh, yeah. It was the, the shrimp. We, which, where was the shrimp cocktail the best? <laughs> <laughs> what day of the week did they serve lobster tail? Which indoor practice <laughs> facility was the best? <laughs> we did not have an indoor practice facility when I was there. When you were there, guys. I, there now. <laughs> I am gone, and they have one. Um. All right. So someone asked on the board. We got a lot yeah, of new half people. The, on half the, the schools in Georgia have an indoor practice facility. It's not like that, dude. It's, it's not, not like you think it is. Not half. I would not say half. probably more. That was an exaggeration. Like but the ones you know, though, do yeah. Uh, someone on the board asked which dogs player landed in the best situation for him and jake Rowe. i know we've already yeah. addressed tonight it's uh jalen carter so yeah holistically i think that's got to be it i think it's stetson <laughs> i, I mean, saw i'm not i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at tomahawk dog 
says, I like green because I'm still living in the past. You're not wrong about that. Uh, why, why is Stetson Bennett in the best I, I, situation, I Palmer? Stetson, I think it's Stetson because you, you're going into a situation. Look, that's a position where guys, it's a little bit cutthroat where, you know, if you're a younger guy coming in to back up, uh, a, you know, a veteran guy who may not be on his way out, he may not want to share the, the you know, trade tips with you. Um, let's, let's all face it. Stafford is, is out of this league. Oh, Stafford's going to haze the hell out of Stetson, but Stafford's going to help Stetson. Stetson Stafford yeah, is, is, is on his way out of the league. You know, I, I think to some people, it's probably a surprise that he's still playing in this league. Uh, you know, he, he's out of it here before too long. And you absolutely know that he would love nothing more than to help a guy who grew up like he did at Georgia. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's differences in, you know, how those two came to Georgia and, you know, the notoriety that they came with, but, you know, I, I think that, and, and the notoriety that they came out of Georgia with. Um, but I, I think that, you know, you're coming into a situation where you're not going to be asked to play right away. You're going to be able to sit and learn from somebody who's done it incredibly well at, you know, the highest level for, a long time now he's going to be willing to help you. And, you know, ultimately I think that there is an opportunity to uh, you know, a a passing of the torch from, from one dog to another. And he's got a history of injuries the the last couple of years. There's a strong chance that Stetson gets to play this year. That's see, that's the one reason why I don't think it's a great fit is because. And and I do understand that. Like, I mean, Stafford is, has been a little bit fragile. I don't, you know, like, you know, Matthew C points out, yeah, he steps into the backup role. That's fine. Uh, the where he's at right now doesn't matter because if he hiccups during um, OTAs or whatever gives them a reason to, they're going to have no problem pushing him to third, demoting him to practice squad, you know, cutting him, putting him on practice squad, all of that stuff. So that's I, I don't mean, I don't know about that though because I they mean, they'd have to find somebody else. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's I mean there are there are experienced backups in the NFL. Um, you know, that not a lot of not a lot of people sit there and draft their rookie. They try to draft a guy that's got had a little bit of thing. But it, listen, I, I believe in Stetson. It's not that. Um, you know, I go back to what Amari Di Mercado said about uh, you know, at the at the uh national championship um thing. I mean, you know, he listen, he grew up where that stadium is and his mom's car got stolen and stripped down. That's a bad situation to me. I don't think you want to get your car stolen and stripped down there in that Los Angeles right around that stadium. So Stetson's Ford Raptor. He needs to he needs to keep it, keep the keep the club in it or something. He doesn't need to get it stolen. No, Jalen, Jalen, I think it's the easy pick, but I think Broderick has a real chance to be a stalwart on that line in Pittsburgh. I think that he's a guy who fits in there well. I think, like I said, the attitude's similar. He's come from a place similar. He's a guy who has waited his turn. He's cool to do that and uh, was just tremendous at Georgia. Jalen, yeah, for sure. It's a slam dunk pick, but I, I think Broderick's in a really, really good situation for himself moving forward. I want to reel uh, off. I'll go, I'll go dirt at Washington. I'll I'll yeah. take the other stiller. Um, I want to reel off a few things on Jalen's thing though, real quick. Yeah. All right. You, you're you. How often do you get picked at number nine by a team that good? First of all. Oh yeah, sure. That's so you get. You That's get what's crazy. Two. 
Yeah, you get top 10 money, but you get to go to an elite franchise, at least elite for the time being. John brought it up a while ago. I mean, they've had their ups and their downs, their bad seasons, not a ton of them. It's a consistently really good franchise. Right now, it's in one of its elite phases. So that's one. Number two, Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive tackles to play this game for in a long time. He may only have to sit behind him for one year, but how valuable will that one year be? Oh, you talk about the leadership in that locker room. You talk about having your boys. Listen, Jordan Davis sat in skull sessions with him. He knows Jalen Carter's why. N'Kobe no, no, Dean knows Jalen Carter's why. Keely Ringo does as well. Um, so that's another thing that, that kind of picks up on it. And, and ultimately, I think you go to a place where – yeah, Philly's pretty cool, and there's stuff to do, and it's a it's a town where you know it's got some culture to it, and there's some things to experience and, and be you know have some, um you know have some fun. But at the same time, you're not going to New York City, you're not going to you're not going to um uh, Los Angeles, yeah, you're not going to to Dallas or anything like that where there's a you know a massive party. You're not going right down the road to Atlanta where not only do they kind of suck. But, you know, Atlanta's, you know, something really familiar to him. And he's, you know, how often is he going to be jumping back over to Athens to kick it with his guys? Absolutely. He can get off somewhere and grow up with some guys that have already had a year head start growing up. No, I think the Atlanta thing is Sounds really like Green Bay would have been the best bet. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta's that, that's a really prescient point on Atlanta, too. And I thought about that uh, throughout the draft. Like, not only do you surround this guy, but like also to listen, if there are these concerns and that's what people are worried about you're able to keep him away from Athens and like people that he's familiar with. Yeah. I think that that, that matters. That's, that's probably a good idea for everybody involved. I think that Darnell could be in a good spot and I agree. Got, I think a lot of them went to good spots, man. Yeah. Uh, probably Christmas, Christmas in a tough spot just because the Raiders are terrible. I think Kiaris Jackson is in a great spot. I the receivers suck. Yeah. Yeah, and he'll have to be a specialist. But Darnell has Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry to compete with in the Steelers' tight end room. Well, I know that's competition cool. against some guys that have been in the league for a few years between them, but Darnell's different, man. And that wide receiver room is so deep, too. I, I think he's just going to have some opportunities to sneak up on people. Ironically, even at 6'8", 200 and what what do you weigh in at Georgia's Pro Day? Two sixty, yeah, two seventy two. I believe it was a, a guy too. I mentioned I got to talking to a Steelers fan tonight, and I mentioned uh, Darnell Washington to him, and he mentioned Eric Green. And if that's not a guy that you remember, he was a tight end. He played there, six foot five, like a giant dude. Had a ten year career with the Steelers, man, and they they loved that guy. A big guy. He said, you know, I could see this kind of being that kind of fit for them. Hey, I hear Chris Miss Hell on the craps table. He's working the pirate show at the Treasure Island after hours. <laughs> I heard he's going to take his whole signing bonus and just run, go to go to spend the night in uh in, at the Bellagio and hit the pass line all night long. <laughs> Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Um, one more one more thought on Stetson. We said everything about about Stafford. And uh, being able to learn from him and everything, you had a, a piece today about Stetson being in the plans for the Rams all along. Now it's really easy to say, uh, and that's I was talking about Palmer. It's really easy to say after you draft a guy, but uh, was it just the fact that they got a good look at him in the national championship at SoFi? 
or were they really just watching this dude for a long, long time? Well, so it was interesting listening to their general manager, Les Snead. He was talking about, you know, how he kind of came onto their radar is he said, you know, when we were watching the top defenders in the SEC, we said, let's go watch him play against Georgia because Georgia's got a great offensive line. You know, they, they, they have a offensive coordinator who, uh, you know, it runs a pro style offense and, and, you know, is, is easier to evaluate against Georgia um, because of the talent that they have. And, he said he continued to come away from watching those sec defenders play against Georgia being like, why is this guy not being more highly, you know, touted people are saying that this guy's just a manage the game type quarterback. This guy can move. This guy, you know, can buy some time. He can anticipate throws. Uh, he was a weapon for Georgia is, is what uh Sneed said. So I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I think with with the Rams situation, knowing that they have a Super Bowl winning quarterback who has played good football not all too long ago when he was healthy, um, they weren't looking for one of those top three, four, five quarterbacks. They were looking for a backup quarterback to Matthew Stafford because quite literally – Matthew Stafford was the only quarterback that they had on that roster. So they knew they needed a quarterback, but they didn't need somebody that was going to step in and play right away. Um, you know, I, I think with Stetson, they got a guy, he kind of fell into that tier of, Hey, this isn't a guy that we're expecting to start day one. Uh, and, and they felt like that he was the best among that tier. Um, and, and, you know, he's proven it. He's proven it against great competition uh, you know, and, and I think that, um, you know, Sean McVay said because of the way that his journey has been, you know, because of the way that he came to be the starter at Georgia, people don't see him quite as high. Um, you know, they, they don't give him credit for being as good of a football player as he is. And, uh, you know, I think we've all said that at some point here over the, you know, last couple of years in, in his career, um, he's a good football player and he doesn't get the credit that he might deserve for it. And uh, I, I think that showed up in, in the draft with him being the uh, seventh quarterback off the board, fourth round. Um, I mean, did, did, we all put in predictions. Did anyone have him? Yeah, I, ha I had him in the sixth round. I thought that he was going to be totally disrespected. Uh, so I was wrong about that. I, yeah, I, was... I, I, I had him in the sixth, I think, too. Yeah. I, I had him in the fifth. Yeah, I thought – I thought Jalen Carter would still go top 10, even though there was smoke that he wouldn't. I thought Nolan Smith would fall to later in the first round, even though there was smoke that he would be sooner. And then I was just totally wrong about everything else. Darnell Washington's medical red flag was the surprise to me that I don't, I don't think anybody really anticipated going into it. And he kind of slid, but as we've addressed, he ended up in a pretty good situation. I, I, I want to bring something up on this because, listen, man, I cannot tell you how many people have reached out to me and been like, man, why is it they're only talking about character issues with Georgia players? And why are Georgia players the only ones with medical flags? Well, guys, it's not really the case. I think it just kind of stands out to you, first of all. But uh, concerning the, the, the character red flags, I think folks need to understand that, hey, if you go to a Georgia practice and you talk to Glenn Schumann, and then you talk to Trey Scott, and then you talk to Stacey Searles, and then you, know, you talk to a graduate assistant, or you talk to a support staffer or somebody like that. 
all it takes is one of those guys being like, yeah, man, you know, sometimes his body language is not the best or, you know, because they're trying to be honest. Well, then that scout then goes and tells another scout because these guys go and they drink beer together. And this other scout says, ah, man, I heard that they have some problems with him out there at practice. And then some problems out there at practice turns into, uh, he may not, I heard he might not be the most coachable. It's a big game of telephone. Great. And so I'm, everyone's just getting their draft advice from some drunk. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not going to name any names, but I had somebody that I've known for a really long time hit me up and they're like, is this the Bama Mafia doing their thing? Are they planting these stories in the media? Are Ian Rappaport, is Ian Rappaport, uh, complicit in spreading this disinformation about Georgia. And listen, I, I know, I know how media can, can get it themselves into an Info echo wars. chamber. I tend to kind of, I tend to kind of, you know, defend Water the media. Wars. I know they can get into an echo chamber a little bit every now and then, but I don't think I'm 99% sure that Todd McShay and Ian Rappaport and all these guys are not out there being like, how can we screw the university of Georgia? Okay. They're not doing that. So let's all calm down, take a beat. Realize that these these programs, if they really thought that somebody had character issues, like strong character issues, they would not draft them. Like uncorrectable, you know, whatever. They wouldn't draft them, period. They just take them off the board because there's so many other really good football players to have. Um, but in the case of Darnell Washington, he had a medical flag that, you know, maybe turned some teams off. And Keely Ringo had a medical flag, and apparently somebody, you know, had some th thoughts about maybe he's not their best practice player or something. Um, ultimately, it's not the end of the world. And Dylan Brooks over here says, when you win a lot of game, the magnifying glass is on you. Listen, if a guy has character issues out of, let's say, Boise State, not as many people are clicking on that story. It's just not happening, man. It, the, the amplification is not the same. Yeah. Well, and, and not to mention, I think because these players, you know, played for a program like Georgia or Alabama or whatever um there, there's an expectation for them to go higher in the draft oh because they went to georgia you know because it's a name brand recognition um so you know to see a player fall um you know in, into the second third fourth round um you know shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise uh as much as you know that that, that should be expected because there are good football players on not so good football teams. Before we get to our dog stocks, I want to address the recruiting element of this draft. And what do stars indicate from the get go? The likelihood that a guy will get taken in what? First, first second, round. third round. Right. Right. Yeah. Five stars are first round guys. So this breakdown on on three's uh, NFL 2023 NFL draft by stars is a pretty cool thing to check out when you have some time to look at it. And I just want to fly over it. 5,000 foot view, five stars drafted 26 in the 2023 draft, four stars drafted 83, three stars, 118, two stars, 32. But the five stars, if you look at the draft rate, according to on three, 81.3% of five stars uh, that were eligible were drafted. That's pretty incredible. Does it and, does it give a breakdown on on where those 26 were drafted? Because I'm curious, you know, first round. Well, we know three five stars were drafted in the first round because every one of the Georgia guys that got drafted were five star prospects. I, I think I saw it was like something between 12 and 14, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't see a specific round, Palmer. That's that's a this year, anyway. 
Palmer, you hit up the tech team and let them know. Nah, I'm good. I'm thinking <laughs> off. The, I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I know I'm I'm I know there were four because Darnell Wright was a five star yes. prospect. Well, Bryce Young um, and CJ yeah. Stroud both. Bryce together. Young, CJ Stroud were both five star prospects. Will Anderson, I think, depending on the metric you're looking at. Right. Bro. Yep. Yeah. Depending on whose whose rankings you're looking at. Yeah. Yes. That's another one. Yep. So Will Anderson was an industry five star. So, with that in mind, I wanted to pull up Georgia's 2019 and 2020 recruiting classes just so we could revisit, take a walk down memory lane and see the guys that uh, fit this bill here. And we'll start in 2019. Nolan Smith, five-star dog, drafted. Clay Webb, we'll skip over him. Out of the game, apparently. George Pickens, drafted. Trayvon Walker, drafted. N'Kobe Dean, drafted. Don Blaylock, we're still waiting to figure out what's going on with Don Blaylock. Tyreek Stevenson didn't drafted. finish as a dog, drafted. drafted. Third round, right? Uh, yeah, I think. I think. What was the second oh. round? That was cool. Um, Devin Hester was the guy that announced his draft pick, Miami guy. <laughs> Lewis Seen, first rounder. Jermaine Johnson, second, drafted. Second round first for Tyreek round. Stevenson. First rounder, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, Trouble Davis, Tresman Marshall. Transfer portal. Bill Norton transfer portal. Warren McClendon four. So we're in four stars now. Sorry, Warren McClendon drafted. Uh, DJ, DJ Daniel. Drafted. What's the deal, with DJ Daniel? He was an uh, undrafted, undrafted free agent. Oh, he was undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I thought somebody got it. Um, Kenny McIntosh drafted. Great clip of the Seahawks that they posted of Kenny getting emotional uh, as all of his career dreams and aspirations were realized. Um, so y'all can scroll through that. Stetson Bennett, oh, by the way, th this three-star quarterback down here drafted. Yeah. Uh, now let's take a look at 2020 before we wrap up here. Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo, Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, five stars, all drafted, man. Probably one of the probably one of the most unbelievable uh, comments I saw on our board was, could you imagine somebody telling you a couple years ago that Stetson Bennett and Keely Ringo would have been drafted in the same round. Yeah. It's two that's, two two worlds kind of just growing that's together. Hard, that's yeah. hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Um yeah, so I don't know. I just wanted to bring y'all's attention to this if y'all have some time and just want to revisit some stuff. Obviously a lot of these guys are still playing at Georgia. A lot of them have entered the transfer portal. Uh but it's a good indicator of what these players like Arian Smith, Cedric Van Pran, Marcus Rosme Jack Saint, Kendall Milton, Tate Ratledge. Uh, what they can strive to be because Georgia takes these talented players that come out of high school with a lot of stars and they get them into the league and NFL is greater than NIL. Well, and, and, and along those lines during the draft, I was, you know, curious and did a little bit of uh, spreadsheeting myself here. Mm. Um, made that word up there. Um and and to look yeah, at you know you said it that way, just <laughs> <laughs> say that it sounds real bad. <laughs> to to look at the teams that Kirby has coached and how many NFL draftees were on each of those teams, um, by my count, thirty six on the 2018, 2019, and twenty twenty teams. Uh, twenty twenty one already with twenty six, um, and you know a couple of those teams. I don't know any 2018 players. I don't know if there's any that would be, uh, you know, left from that team that, that that could keep that number to grow. 
But 2019 and 2020 and certainly 2021, those numbers will continue to grow. Yeah. As guys, you know, continue to get picked. Kirby Smart's not going to get poached to be some team's coach. He's going to he's going to go be some team's general manager. Y'all watch out for that. You heard it here first. Just kidding. Uh, dog stocks. Jake Rowe. Hey man, I, I obviously um, we got to talk Rusty Mansell here. Um, Rusty's friends to us all. Um, most people on this show, you know, were listening to the show or watching the show. He's coming to Dogs HQ. Um, owner publisher. Uh, him and I have partnered up there on the on the owner publisher part of it. Um, with you know, I'm bleeding into recruiting some more and more these days. He obviously is is very well tied in with the team, and we're incredibly excited. I'm told. I, and I haven't confirmed this yet because I'm supposed to be talking to him after the show. I'm told that Rusty wouldn't put himself on a uh, sweat lodge retreat this weekend. Uh, it was straight sweat lodge and lo- yoga. Um, he fasted the entire time. He's getting ready. He, his, his body is a vessel, and Dogs HQ is going to flow through it. And uh, we're really excited about adding Rusty because I want to tell you, if you're not familiar with the dude, um, then you've been living under a rock. Uh, but – uh, if you want to come out from under that rock, uh, five-star human being, um, you know, no doubt about it, you know, 101 score, uh, you know, five-star plus, what do we call it over it? Yeah, five-star plus. Yeah, five-star plus. By every everybody's ranking, everywhere he's ever been, the most lovable dude you'll ever know, um, and one of the most – not one of the most, the most. You know, listen, Shannon, Shannon Terry, our, our fearless leader at the top of on three – uh, describe Rusty as the best team-focused recruiting guy there's ever been. Um, I think he's the best team-focused reporter there's ever not re- not insider there's ever been. He is definitely 100% the goat, and uh, I worked with him for eight years, and I hope to work with him for 18, 20, 30 more because um, it's always a good time with Rusty Mansell. One dollar until October 31st, 2023, and we are uh, booming. I mean, just just come on over, hang out on the message board. We've already seen a lot of older screen names from people that were on other message boards that y'all know that are here, and we look forward to having you here on the show as well. Uh, I've seen some new names popping up in the comment section tonight in the live stream, which is which is also great. If you're just scared to commit, you're holding on to that George Washington dollar bill you can also just spend a dollar for a month not as good of a value but it's less of a time commitment so any way you want to do it to celebrate rusty mansell coming aboard dogs hq uh we have given you plenty of options to do so hey and i do want to say right now um yes rusty mansell is our guest tomorrow night on bark after dark you're kidding no question 100 percent. well i can't wait to Wait to hear that. Do any other stocks matter tonight? <laughs> I mean, what's going to follow that? Um, I no, yeah, I, I got one. No, go go for it. Uh, I'm going to say stock up on the uh, on the Georgia social media team. I mean, they're always great, but this graphic they put up I, the the whole goal of social media, if you're not hip to it, is to get people to stay looking at your account for the longest amount of time. That's basically how the internet has worked forever. But they made this graphic here that is so cool. And uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now. 
it is a breakdown of every player on this team here. And I know, Palmer, you, you've got a note on this too from the Georgia National Championship starting defense. But if y'all haven't seen this, man, I, I took a long time to look at this and just trace the lines um, and figure out what I was looking at here and verify it myself. And it's true. Trayvon Walker's right there. You follow the Jaguars thing. He's right there. Uh, Jordan Davis, he's right there. And this is the photo from the, uh, the Orange Bowl against Michigan. Every single player on the field in this particular image got drafted. And there are actually a couple more down at the bottom that aren't in the picture. Jalen Carter and Channing Tindall that also got drafted. So stock up on uh, Georgia's social media team for that graphic. For, first that, of all, for that That was fine. so cool. For yeah. that find to find a, a photo where all eleven players on that field were drafted, because you know the the, the stat out there that, that's falsely going around is every national championship game starter, William Poole started that game and and played the best game of his career. Yeah, um, Palmer's out here dashing some people's Twitter hey, clout. Hey, we, we're you know we're not going to forget William Poole. Amir Speed also started for that team at points during that season, and he and did drafted well. and drafted. So, yeah, so um, Latavius Brainy not so much drafted. Uh, Matt Landers not drafted. Otis Reese not drafted. Hmm. Brenton Cox not drafted. Brenton Cox not drafted. <laughs> Rhett Womack, uh, shout out, shout out to your stock down. Hate to hear that. Moving to second shift. Uh, I hope you'll still be able to catch us on some replays. Maybe we, we love Rhett's comments and presence in the, uh, in the live comments. So thinking about that, dude, just listen to us when you're working, listen to the replay. If it, if no one else has any stock reports, then that's fine by me. I think this is a fine way to end the show. And, uh, and we're just excited for this week. It's going to be a big week. I'd leave here and go over to dogshq.com. Out of fear that the FCC is going to come shut me down, I would buy stock in Dogs HQ right now. It's literally insider trading. I know I shouldn't be doing that publicly. The, isn't that the SEC? The SEC, would, not the FCC. That's the, the they they issue fines if I start dropping f bombs on the radio. No, we can say whatever the the, the SEC. Yeah, we can do whatever we want on here, YouTube. Uh, but uh, the SEC, yes, will will come it, from my head. Chuck Greg, Rhodes, Greg Sankey, Greg Sankey. <laughs> Chuck Rhodes from Billions fame will come uh, come ready to uh, shut me down. A little Paul Giamatti action there. I would say be tuned in to Dogs HQ when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, for sure. That's what I would say. Presence under the tree. And throughout the entire day. Oh, sure. But especially from, from dawn to dark. Yeah, I, uh, I got to look at our content after earlier today for tomorrow. And oh, my God, just loaded, loaded. You wish a baked potato could be this loaded. <laughs> I hope I remember to put my pants on. You guys have a uh, extra scallions, buddy. <laughs> you guys have a fantastic evening. Have a great week. We'll see you here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel and on the Dogs HQ message board. If you love the dogs, you're going to love this week. Take care.